Often respected podcast hosts Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez met online in 2006 and began podcasting together shortly thereafter, discovered Star Wars Minute in 2014 and launched a Movies by Minute podcast of their own a year later, focused on the Back to the Future trilogy, completing it less than three years later with 340 episodes about the films themselves and five about the Universal Studios theme park attraction from the early 1990s. Received over 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, in early 2018 completed 95 episodes Episodes of the Cornetto Minute, dedicated to the Edgar Wright-directed comedy trilogy starting with 2004's Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. The show is nowhere near as popular with only four reviews on Apple Podcasts and has been on hiatus ever since. Something is Hey, Scott, how's the hiatus? Well, I haven't been on hiatus. Not exactly. That's right. You've been working on that little side project, Spider or something. Spider-Man Minute. I don't know if I'd call it a side project exactly. I would. You know, I'm surprised you didn't take a break after last season of Cornetto Minute. That's what I did. I prefer to take my breaks behind the mic. Indeed you do, and that's why it's high time such skills were put to better use on Cornetto Minute Season 2. I'm sorry? Hot fuzz. You want us to cover every minute of hot fuzz? Yes, lovely. Isn't there a weekly podcast we could do? Oh, no. Can I just stay on hiatus then? No. Do I have any choice in this? No. But I kind of like being on hiatus. You always said you wanted to cover hot fuzz one minute at a time. I don't remember telling you that. Yes, you did. You said I'd love to cover hot fuzz one minute at a time someday, Zach. <sighs> Fine. But there's no way we can perpetuate the amount of carnage and mayhem in every minute of hot fuzz and not incur a considerable amount of podcasting 115 daily episodes not a problem the cornetto minute returns to investigate the gunfights car chases and proper action of sanford's finest one minute at a time it's about to go off with edgar wright's hot fuzz this november at duelinggenre.com for the greater good for the greater good Welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we talk secretly about Rocky 2, one shut the fuck up minute at a time. what that means, but today we're knocking out minute 27, which begins with telling the agent to scram and ends with Apollo reading some fan mail. Uh, I forgot to do the intros, though, which are in the, <laughs> it's in the middle. I got so into it, I got so excited, I just blew right through it. So, uh, I'm Jason. I'm Doug. And I'm Dave. And joining, oh, and joining, <laughs> and joining us today is Dave. Hello, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Nice, nice for you to come back again. Yeah, thanks for having me. We still haven't figured this out yet, Dave. <laughs> I, I miss up in the editing. <laughs> that's right. That's true. I mess up the intro every time, and that time I thought I was had it. I was, oh, I was, no, I was, you know what? Sometimes you I was kill burning it, burning right through it, Sometimes and uh, I forgot the intros. There's always something. Well, but here we are. So I don't know what that means. One shut the fuck up minute at a time. Um, yeah, we'll get there. Oh, okay. But Rocky's he's doing his his uh, things other people did first act when he tells the agent that he wants to talk secretly to his wife because mm-hmm. when she excused them before. When Adrian did it, she wanted to tell Rocky he's being a dummy, and when Rocky does it, he just wants to tell Adrian that like he's nothing without her. Like that, you know. This was so sweet. Like he went from the from the from that annoying babbling. 
guy. And this is kind of like we're starting to head maybe get a little back to Rocky One Rocky, where he's mm-hmm. like says the right things. He says the right things, but in the wrong, in his own special way. Like he says it like a dummy, but it's the right stuff. He's saying the right stuff. And um, did you write this one verbatim? No, but go ahead. Did you? I'm guessing did. Yeah. Well, no, because I mean, he. Much like me, he he trips over his words all the time and throws in like a lot of extra things because, you know, dummies like us can't get our thoughts straight the first time. So his says, you know, I kind of feel stupid, you know, talking like this with the lights on and everything. But, you know, the house here with the solid oak floors and all that stuff and plumbing wouldn't be nothing without you being here because, I don't know, without you being here, I probably... I wouldn't be here either, you know. Mm-hmm. We do know. Now, her, her response to that is, you don't have to speak. She uh, means that. <laughs> that. That was my... She shot the f***ing <laughs> up minute at no, a time. Is <laughs> uh, there yeah. anything he does like a wedding... So like, dun, 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 in there real quick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the wedding march. Yeah. But why, why does he say, I feel stupid talking like this with the I lights on? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't, because when he gets to his sweet talk, he likes it to be dark. <laughs> yeah, it's like he doesn't want to talk about his feelings. When, when she can, like... Can, she can see him or he can see her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that whole uh, eye contact anxiety, I guess. Um, But I, 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 like, I like it. Like, he always, like I said, he says the right things. Like, he's basically saying the old, like... You know, home is where the heart is, you know, type of thing <laughs> in his own special way. And it came off very sweet and endearing, I thought. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because he, when he's doing this, he's, he's, he's talking about, I haven't checked, but I'm sure he does this in other times when he's being like deep and emotional like this, is that he kind of rocks back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's super nervous about what he's saying because, well, because the lights are on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he 100% has like social anxiety and, I I mean, how do you act that? Like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just babble and, and just say the... But, he, but like Dave was saying, like the way he, his body movements, like he, he looks all over the place. He shifts back and forth on his feet. He just, he plays like the, um, the socially awkward guy to a T. Yeah, he really does. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't see, there, there was a conversation on uh, Mighty Mix, which is our listeners group. Go check it out. Um, nice. A while back where... Like that plug, the transition plug. Yeah, a while back, uh, where where some guys were uh, talking about an alternate cast for Rocky, like other people playing the characters, like if it was a remake or just different people, what your thoughts were, and everybody was throwing in, you know, some ideas. Whatever. And Mike Kunda had an absolute fit. Yeah, and he did. Uh, <laughs> just 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 was so upset about the whole thing. Saying it was blasphemy to even have this conversation. That there's no other characters to play these characters, and that's it. And I kind of gr- agree with him. I, I couldn't think of anyone playing this character, like no. anyone, anywhere. Like I cannot come up with an actor that I think can play this character. And it's probably because this is the character that we know, the character we grew up with in Stallone. This was his character and he made it. And you couldn't imagine someone else stepping in and playing it. Mm-hmm. Like I could imagine someone else playing, you know, Bruce Willis' character in Die Hard. But I couldn't imagine anyone playing Rocky, anyone else. Well, we talked early on, too, about the cast of characters that they wanted to play Rocky right without you know before Stallone fought mm-hmm. for his shot um and no Robert Redford no Burt Reynolds wasn't he on, Burt Reynolds? on there mm, was he one of them yeah I think you're right Perry King Perry King um Ryan O'Neill. O'Neill Ryan O'Neill <laughs> what's his name Ryan O'Neill didn't we have a whole conversation where we thought he killed somebody did he kill yeah. nobody yeah no he didn't no. kill anybody <laughs> Tatum O'Neill was killed <laughs> 
No, no, no. Is Tatum O'Neill still alive? <laughs> yes. Rob, Robert Wood? No. Robert Blake. Robert, no, Robert Blake, but there was, who's the other one? The uh, guy that played number Ro- two. Wagner. Robert, Robert Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. He killed Natalie Wood. He killed Natalie, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Alleg- I don't want to get sued. Allegedly. <laughs> he never, was never tried for that. Uh, at about second five or six, Rocky puts his hand on the, on the nice step, and she, like, like the way she rubs his hand doesn't doesn't look awkward. Like she's she's just as socially awkward as he is. Yeah, possibly more so. Yeah, if that is even possible. So, um there is let me see here. Dave, I have the uh, the novelization of Rocky Two that that Jay just loves when I refer to. <laughs> but there um after this in the book, he like there, it doesn't stop with the spending spree, and it doesn't stop with the buying of the house. Um, here he goes on a uh, uh, like a Today Show type of actually not not a Today Show. It's more like a Larry King type show. Um, it's called the Tomorrow Show. Okay. And um, the book, the Rocky Two novelization, David is uh, is told from Rocky's point of view. So here, this book is just rife with the Rocky ease. Rocky speak, even in the uh, like the descriptive passages. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I keep referring to it because it's it's it was written by Sylvester Stallone. So what we see on screen, all we did, not all we did, but a lot of what we did in season one was what is Rocky thinking when he's saying this or when he's doing that, and here uh, in Rocky two we can actually find the answers to all those annoying questions. Uh, so on this Larry King type show, it's called the tomorrow show. The host is called Mike Douglas. So Rocky, you know, he describes like, uh, the way that the set looked and everything. So, uh, cameras are rolling and Mike Douglas says, Rocky, don't you believe that you represent a resurgence in the American dream? Now, um, part of the first paragraph here is he was like a little apprehensive because it looked like a smarter show. So he was worried that the guy was going to ask some tough questions. So after he, after Mike Douglas asked the question, Rocky goes, I knew it. Yeah, I believe in America, I said, and that everybody has a chance of fulfilling his dream. Nope. I'm sorry. That was Mike Douglas. <laughs> I'm in mean, <a> Rocky voice. <laughs> and that everybody has a chance of fulfilling his dream. He said and took a deep, important drag of his cigarette. Absolutely. Uh, then Mike Douglas says, yet I think statistics show that this country does not provide that many opportunities for people's dreams, and you're going the distance is the exception to the rule, is it not? Uh, Rocky says, baby, but Mickey, my trainer, used to say, if you face life with the eye of the alley cat, you never get lost in the city. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? mean? Wow. <laughs> so it's, it's probably somewhat different than the eye of the tiger, I'm guessing. The alley cat, eye of the alley cat. <laughs> Um, but Mike Douglas's uh, response to that is, Rocky, are you punchy? <laughs> no, I got a relaxed brain. I guess he bought that because he turned to the camera, flicked his ash, and said to the little light, we'll be back with our show. What is a Rocky Balboa? I guess that's what he's talking. That's what he's naming the show. What is a Rocky Balboa? What is a Rocky Balboa? <laughs> um, but it, even after that, they go to... Oh, they go to... Uh, he goes to he goes out to Los Angeles to something called the Cauliflower Alley Club, which uh, in the book is an honorary club for former boxers, and they award Rocky with a trophy. So he goes up and he, he like gives a little speech, but 
this is what he's thinking here. I stood, and for a second I wished Rocky Marciano were alive. I thought about that great guy. He had been my idol, and I would have liked to have seen his face, knowing that I had brought a little more honor to his great name. So we wondered. He had a poster of Rocky Marciano back in Rocky 1 hanging on his wall. Mm-hmm. So even now, like he was, he was wishing that, because there was in this cauliflower alley club, there's uh, like a lot of famous former boxers there. But he wishes The Rock was with him. Mm, let me see. So he um, he pulls out a check and he gives it to the club, five thousand dollars, just to build a retirement home for former fighters. What else do we got here? Oh, he gets an honorary high school diploma at his former high school. <laughs> what happens in this novelization? A lot happens in the novelization. Now we go to uh, instead of a watch store. He doesn't buy Rolexes. He buy. He, they go into a jewelry store and he piles these gold bracelets onto Adrian's wrist. So they're standing at the jewelry store, and uh, he says, "I was hoping the sales lady would say something that would make me look important. I was hoping she'd say, my, what a big spender.' Instead, the sales lady just asked if it was cash or charge. So, um, you, Jay." You said when when he used to tell everybody you should have seen me, you should have mm-hmm. seen me. It was because he he wants people to notice him. Mm-hmm. He wants the attention, right? Mm-hmm. And I foolishly made the argument that you know mm-hmm. all that stuff was for him. Mm-hmm. But However, here, I mean, here it's proof. He just he wanted to impress the sales lady mm-hmm. instead of just doing something for for his wife. Well, this this stuff is not in the movie. Yeah, but it's in the book. It's canon. Do you guys listen to the uh, Godfather Minute at all? I'm way behind. I'm I'm only like 15 episodes in, I think. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I just uh, you're talking about the book, and I just having their little theme song run through my head about how the book is different from the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, they got the jingle. Yeah, um, I've been saying all along that I think Rocky wants the attention. That everything he does is he mm-hmm. wants people to notice him. He wants people to respect him. You know, just like when he says, when the reporters are making fun, not how to make fun of him, mm-hmm. and he says, don't bother me, and then he tells Adrian, you know, that it does bother me. Like, he wants to be respected, and he wants to be, you know, noticed and, and held to a high regard, and, and he's not, and he wants to be. And this, your little book here, supports my <laughs> argument. What's your take on it, Dave? Like, he he's not just doing something nice for his wife. He finally has a pocket full of cash that he never had before, so he's spending it on his wife. He's trying to do it to impress the sales lady like what's your take on that no absolutely he he wants so he's proved well the first movie is sort of proving to himself that he could go the distance right and right he's not a bum now he's he really wants he, he does he wants the adoration of everybody he wants <clears throat> his wife the salespeople. he wants the respect that he thinks or that he hopes he deserves right and, uh, you know, in the movie, I don't know about the book as much. The movie, you know, he doesn't get – later on, I guess, he doesn't get the job at the bank because he's not literate. He doesn't – you know, he goes through all these problems and it's he's kind of back to where he was in the beginning of the first movie. Um, so definitely he has no self-confidence built in. He needs external validation. So, uh, yeah, he wants the the lady at the jewelry counter to be impressed, even though she sees this sort of stuff every day, you know. Yeah, yeah. He wants he, he wants the the realtor to think he's cool for just buying a house without really looking at it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a it's a good point because it's it's almost like like you said when he goes to get a job and 
you know, he gets turned down because he can't read. He was taken down a peg. It's like he, with the money, he thought that he was going to be able to get whatever he wanted. Uh, and not just the money, but with his new fame and everything. Right. Now he was, he was kind of knocked right back to, to where he started. So in the book, after the jewelry store scene, they go to the coat store. After the coat store, they go to a suit store where he just, he buys six, intentionally buys six ugly suits. The house buying scene is after that. And then uh, then they have a little scene of Apollo Creed training. Now we, we talk about also how, I mean, we're going to see it in, in a few minutes too, how um, how much Apollo was affected by, even though he won, did he really win the fight? There's a few few extra scenes in the book that really drive the point home more. He's having a workout in the gym. He's hitting the heavy bag, and he's just unleashing on the on the heavy bag. So the trainer tells him time, and then Apollo Creed just deaf to the words. He he continues to assault the bag and pound and pound and pound on the bag. So he's he's back at training where Rocky's not uh, because he's retired, right? Mm-hmm. But Apollo Creed's back at training, and he's like. This is still eating him up inside. So I got two questions about the book. How do how is it handled? Where scenes where Rocky's not in the room? Uh, that's it's more of normal. Um, okay, a normal author writing third, third person omniscient. Yes, right. yes. So then the second question is: you're, you're probably about a quarter of the way through the book at this point. Does it get tiring reading the Rocky? It does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, we, I mean, everything like the, you know, instead of I wasn't is I weren't and just the, the Rocky ease, the Rocky speak it, everything's slang and everything is, uh, you know, I mean, he writes, he writes it the way you hear Rocky talk and yeah, it does get a little, a little tiring. Yeah. And I'm sure Jay's tired of hearing it too by now. Oh my God. <laughs> from, from day one, huh? You have no idea. <laughs> So, um, Dave, did, did you ever have wood paneling in your house? In the 70s, probably. Uh, so, not wood paneling in the house. Well, my dad always had station wagons with wood paneling on the side growing up. And then, uh, so oh, one of my friends, when I was living in New Jersey, uh, one of my friends moved to Tinton Falls. Oh, yeah. And bought a house there that was, you know, a couple decades old. And that the like sort of the family room in there had had the wood paneling, floor to ceiling, dark wood all the way around. You know the veneer; it was just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was one of those one of those fashion not fashion one of those uh, Decorate. like decorating trends that that is coming on. <clears throat> but the last movie inside the uh, Mister Jorgen's office was wall to wall, floor to ceiling paneling. So we had uh, we had some discussion about it then too, and it's just. I think, you know, the movies, they hold up well nowadays, but certain things bring you right back to like, wow, this is a 70s movie. Yeah. I have no nostalgia for the 70s whatsoever. It's like the 80s started the real, like, uh, people yearn for the nostalgia of the 80s. I don't hear that much yearning for the 70s, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Mary Ann Creed, who is played by Sylvia Meals. Uh, she has four acting credits. Uh-huh. Rocky Two and Rocky Four, uh, a, a cop show called The Cosby Mysteries, uh-huh. starring Bill Cosby, uh-huh. uh, and The Tournament of Dreams. That's it. She died in 2011. So <laughs> Apollo's standing on a balcony that overlooks the room in just the most glorious silver silver tracksuit. I guess tracksuit, Jay. 
Will you ask me? <laughs> See, Jay's got well, serious ADT. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, Apollo Creed's silver tracksuit. What about it? It's seventies, man. But he's 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 a, a legend in the seventies. He's, he's the world champion. Wear whatever he wants to wear. <laughs> this is not the most flamboyant thing he wears. Right. This is like <laughs> this is his house coat. This is like his. Like you know, his loungewear. When I'm around the house, I wear you know, I wear the worst T-shirt I have, the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And this is his worst T-shirt. This is his worst. This is like just let him lay around the house. Oh, is that? Hold on. Stop. Is that a? Uh, this is the first time I'm noticing that. What? The thing around his neck. It's a boxing glove, no? Yeah. Isn't in Rocky Five the the gold boxing glove charm is like a MacGuffin mm-hmm. in in Rocky Five for some reason? Like it was never mentioned before, but Rocky. He was going to give it to his son. He ends up giving it to Tommy Gunn. And then in the flashback scene, we find out that Mickey gave it to Rocky and that Rocky Marciano gave it to Mickey. Mm-hmm. Paul's wearing similar. Well, I'm sure. Not the exact same I'm sure one. the company that made gold boxing gloves made more than just the one <laughs> that they gave to Rocky Marciano. I mean, it's probably every boxer has one, probably. Okay. All right. I never noticed it before. I'm just. I just love uh, Apollo's initials. In, on the embroidered on the tracksuit, <laughs> it's not enough either. to get a shiny, shiny silver tracksuit for laying around the house, but you got to get your initials on it. I would, I would like to see a movie about Apollo Creed, not Creed, the one that's coming out with mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. out depending on when we are talking here. Um, a movie about Apollo Creed growing up and becoming Apollo Creed, because hmm. Apollo Creed is a legendary figure, and we don't know any, anything about it. We know where it came from. We don't know. I think there might be a little uh, in the. Book, story geez. in the book. <laughs> I, it's, oh, no. I, I don't want to know. I scratched that. I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't give a shit. No, it's um, it, it's just uh, his wife. Um, just saying how they met. He was a sparring partner for a prize fighter when he was young, and he was like a like a cocky uh, sparring partner. So he was told back then that that he would never be nothing. Um, but the hate mail that he's reading. Mm-hmm. The first one he reads says, you didn't beat nobody, and anybody who knows boxing knows the fight was fixed. Which, right. th- I mean, that, that could be read today, that letter. Yeah, that's what I was saying. When he's reading all these letters, especially the, the one that says, go kill yourself, I'm like, wow, this is like YouTube commenters before the internet. That's, I, yeah, it's like Twitter, right? <laughs> my note after that one says cyberbullying, but it was, you know, snail mail says, bullying. You call yourself a champ. You're fake. The fight was fake. Go kill yourself. <laughs> like. <laughs> This, if this if Rocky was filmed today, he'd be sitting in front of his computer reading these on yeah. Twitter. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everything old is new again. But uh, the thing that I find interesting is that Apollo's getting hate mail. Well, first of all, there's two things. A is that, and I know you're going to bring out your stupid book because you talked about how Rocky made the comment about the fight on the walk home in his head. And remember we mm-hmm. talked about that a couple weeks ago, last yeah. week, wherever it was. Yeah. Uh, I didn't call, I mean, you call your book stupid. It's a nice book. No, I'm, I'm insulted. <laughs> so, I'm leaving. Um, we get to see the, the the difference between the two people here. Rocky, the fight was over. He lost, but technically he won, right? He got everything he wanted, which was to go the distance. And he's living a completely different life now. He's on shopping sprees. He's buying he's buying cars and houses and jackets and everything he can get his hands on. He got married, mm-hmm. right? And he is just uh, moving on with his life. Like, he's living a new life. He's talking about commercials. Like, he's just thrust into this new life, and he's living it up. He's not thinking about Apollo Creed or the fight. Like, since he got out of the hospital, since that night when he went to Apollo's hospital bed and asked him, did you give me your, did you give me everything you had? And Apollo said yes. Rocky hasn't thought about the fight since then. 
right? He hasn't talked about it, and I'm glad they did it that way. And I know the book. Yeah, no, yeah, you're, you're going right. to say when he was carrying Adrian home, he thought about it. And I'm right. glad they left that out because I don't want Rocky to think about the fight because he doesn't. Right, I think right? you're right. You're but right. now we see our first Apollo Creed since the hospital, mm-hmm. and it's clear that he is agonizing over this whole thing. Like he's probably thinking about it nonstop, just can't get it out of his head. And he is just so they're, 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 they've gone down two completely different paths after that fight has happened. And the funny thing is, Apollo's the winner. So you would think the winner would be the one that just moved on with life, and the loser would be agonizing about yeah. it. But it's the opposite. And Apollo has just been probably just killing himself over this fight. But the second interesting thing is that the hate mail that Apollo's getting and what's making him so angry has nothing to do with him losing the fight or him not not completely winning the fight or him not dominating the fight. It's about people questioning the integrity of the fight, where people are saying that they think the fight was fixed. And Apollo's starting to get mad about that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that, you know, I would actually think it was a compliment if, if I, not a compliment, but if I fought a fight and won and people thought it was fixed, like and tell, sending me mail saying, oh, that fight was fake, it was fixed, I would be like, well, I'm glad they think that I should have dominated this guy and I didn't and they think it was fixed. Like, it almost, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like a backhanded compliment almost where you're saying like, <laughs> by, by you telling me, by, by Rocky going going the distance and lasting the 15 rounds of the fight mm-hmm. makes everyone think it was fake. So they're saying oh, that basically he's not yeah, up to yeah. my level. He shouldn't have been able to go that far. Right. But Apollo's getting mad. And I like that because this is – we've been saying all along that Apollo Creed is not the villain in this series. He's not the villain in any – at all. And I like that because it's almost like he's defending the whole thing. Like Rocky, him, the fight, the, everything. He's getting mad saying like – that people think that it was fake. That you know, he's like, I went out there and I gave it my all, and he gave it his all, and we had this battle, and we fought, and we fought, and people are questioning whether it was real or not. Does this support um, also your your feelings that the redemption in the movie is more Apollo's redemption than Rocky's? Well, if it was Apollo's redemption, then it should end with Apollo beating Rocky in the first round of the next fight. So if the way this movie ends, and I don't know how it ends, I haven't watched it all yet, I'm only on minute 20-something, if, if the movie ends with Apollo beating Rocky in the third round, then it's all it's Apollo's redemption. Okay, fair so, enough. So no. Anyway, the, his typical... Oh, the other thing I want to say is the last letter where she, where he said, he makes a comment, he goes, this one's from London. Yeah. Right? And that's the one where, she, um, uh, where he says, go kill yourself. From yeah. London! From London, French reference. The the thing about the London thing was I think they threw that in there to make people think you know make people realize that this wasn't just you know this was a fight on the on the the global scale yeah this was the, this wasn't just American you know it was hyped up as the bicentennial a lot of American flags the Statue of Liberty entrances like all this stuff but this by saying like all oh, this one's from London is telling you that this was this was more than just an American like this was a worldwide event on a global international scale that they're getting. Didn't they say some like seven hundred and fifty million people watched it? Yeah, we. Do you realize how much it cost in money and effort to get a letter from London to California <laughs> in nineteen seventy seven? I have no idea. Someone re- <laughs> angry, angry letters. Though they don't happen anymore because they don't have to happen. There used to be first. First it was angry letters. Then it was angry emails. And now it's just angry. You just go on Twitter. Did you ever? You want? Did you ever write an angry? I, letter? I never did. My father did. My father. My family grew up big Yankee fans, and back in um, I want to say it was the eighties that or I don't know out mid or, or Joe Cowley mid or late eighties, the Yankees had a pitcher Joe Cowley, mm-hmm. and he was terrible, but the Yankees kept putting him out there, and he kept getting blown out, and I think he actually had some good games, but uh, my father hated Joe Cowley, hated Joe Cowley, and we were sitting down around we were watching the game one night, me and my father. 
And um, Joe Cali pitched and got blown out. And my father got so mad that he went, he got a yellow legal pad, a pen, and he sat out down at the kitchen table and he wrote a letter to the Yankees about how bad Joe Cali is. He included statistics and that they should get rid of him and that he's a disgrace. And he folded up, he got an envelope, and he mailed it to the New York Yankees. <laughs> so I, I do have experience with hate mail. That must have made him feel really good. <laughs> uh, you, you were saying before about uh, like how inconvenience prevents you from from doing a lot of follow through with purchases and stuff, right? I, I imagine like inconvenience would also stop you. Like it takes a special kind of anger to actually yeah. go through with writing a letter. My father had the anger, <laughs> putting it in an envelope and uh, walking it to the mailbox, mm-hmm. putting a stamp on it. Mm-hmm. Now it takes nothing to send a tweet. No, you right. send seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and especially the one from London, because you got to go to the post office and get international postage for that thing. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're not slapping a stamp on no, it. you got to find out how much you need. It was like, he had a slow burn. Whoever wrote that had a slow burn. <laughs> long-lasting anger. <laughs> a slow burn. <laughs> yep. I actually just mailed a check. This is a true story. I just... Mailed the check today that was due for my wife. She had a wisdom teeth pulled, and I had to pay a copay of a hundred, like a hundred dollars to the dent to the surgery place, and it was due in August. And I just sent it out today, and I'm like, because we keep getting notices from them, and I'm like, I gotta send this check out. <laughs> and and I've had, I it's like I've had the, the invoice since July. <laughs> I've had, I have the money. <laughs> I have a checkbook. I have stamps. I have envelopes. Like I have all the stuff here. And and the only reason it took from August until this is. We we are in mid September here. We're September 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 19, 19, 19, something like that. Yeah. Um, the bill came, the bill came on July twelfth, the first one, mm-hmm. and another bill in mid August. And the only reason it's taken me two months to mail this thing is just that just the inconvenience of having to put it all together, put the check in, put the stamp. So on many it, steps. Get it to a, a, a well to the, my curb to the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a good <laughs> got to turn the flag on the mailbox right, up. Right, right. Uh, like it just just sheer inconvenience was the only reason that this bill was sent out a month late, two <laughs> two months late. So I can imagine, you know, like would you? I, I wouldn't sit down and write a letter these days and mail it out. It's especially from another country. The only um, last note I have is how different this Apollo Creed is because he's not doing the Apollo Creed show. Mm-hmm. He's not. There's no camera to play to. This is him in a real moment, just seething in anger. Mm-hmm. That's it. And his wife comes in, brings up a good point. Like, wouldn't you rather play with the kids? Mm. You know, she just wants him to go on with his life, and and he just can't right now. Yeah, and she's probably been hearing about this for however long it's been since the fight, right? The, well, the way, yes, her reaction, the way she doesn't, she doesn't ask like, "What are you reading? Uh, you know, what's it about?" Like, she, she it, you, you know, she knows that this, she was exactly what he's talking about because this mm-hmm. has been going on now probably since the fight. He's been stewing. There was, uh, there was, like I, I mentioned, the, uh, the training scene earlier, and there was another scene earlier in the movie um, where he wakes up in the middle of the night and he stares at himself in the bathroom mirror, puts his head in his hands. Like, he's he's really, this is eating away at him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's it, yeah. Jay, Dave, you have anything else? No. Any last cracks you want to? No, that's about it. All right. Yeah, so tell, tell our fans one more time where they can find you. Right. So I do two podcasts, uh, The Airplane Minute and uh, Sequel Harder. Uh, they can both be found at neozaz.com along with a way too many other pop-culture-focused uh, pop culture focused podcasts. Um, we're also on Facebook, Airplane Minute and Sequel Harder, and on Twitter. Um, and they've got email addresses that are the titles of the podcast at gmail.com. So. 
that's all the places. Great. Well, uh, Jay, where puts our stuff? Well, you can find us on um, Facebook listeners group, Mighty Mix, and then all of the Twitters, Instagrams, all of those things at Rocky Minute, Rocky Minute at Gmail, and head over to DuelingGenre.com where you can find all of our, as well as other episodes that cover your favorite movies minute by minute. Check it out. Yeah, I'd like to thank Dave for joining yes. us for these couple of minutes. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And yeah. enjoy your hiatus uh, from <laughs> your airplay minute while it lasts because you know how uh, how quickly it ends, right? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, and how, how quickly, once you start a daily one, how quickly your uh, pile of reserve episodes Oh, my God. <laughs> goes away. Yeah. We actually pushed our, our release back a couple of weeks because of that exact reason. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, go make sure you go and check Dave's stuff out. His uh, uh, the airplane minute show was was great. They uh, did a good job covering one of the funniest movies mm-hmm. from the eighties. So uh, yeah, go check that out and uh, check out the rest of his stuff too. So uh, and we'll see you tomorrow with a brand new guest on a brand new minute of Rocky Minute. What are we waiting for? Take this. Yeah, something. Stop! Stop doing that. Oh, that, yeah, hear, hear that? <laughs>